What's happening, everyone? Another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith, very pleased to be joined again by our man, uh, FNP City Editor Alan Essler. I mean, he's no, no, a regular thing. No Adam Kilgore, but I'll try my best. <laughs> no, he, you're no Adam Kilgore, but we're, we're happy to have you back. You're wearing and, a jacket. Uh, Are you cold? It is cold. I'm always cold, always in, cold in here. This newsroom is pretty brutal. It is, man. I agree. Well, let's talk about today uh, some variations of things we've touched on in the past, of course. Uh, I had a cool experience yesterday. I got to go down and uh, check out uh, uh, the studios down in Washington behind the scenes. Pardon the interruption. I'll share a little bit more about that experience in seeing or to be seen. But um, we'll start with something we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks, and that's Bryce Harper. And he actually has a team. That, that, that's been the development in, in, in the last week. The Philadelphia Phillies signed him. 13 years, $330 million. No, no opt-out, no trade clause. I mean, they are as locked in as you can be with, with, with Bryce Harper. And the thing that cr- cracked me up about the whole story was how he said he wants to bring a title to uh, <laughs> D.C. And I know it was a slip. He didn't mean it or whatever. But to me, that's like indicative of what I've been saying, his state of mind. Like, had he, had he get, given the chance to do this all over again, he would have just signed with the Nationals for 10 years, $300 million last fall and been done with that. Because I don't think he's a guy that wants to bounce around from team to team. Yeah. So he all he talked about at his Phillies press conference was how he wants to put down roots. This is where he wants to be, blah, 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 family, uh, stability. Meanwhile, how much time has he ever even spent in Philadelphia, I wonder? Right. Yeah, exactly. Other than like, playing there. He, he said all the right things as people predicted he would do and as, as we probably thought he would do. But <laughs> it, just, it seems like an odd fit still, Harper to the Phillies. I mean, not odd in the sense that, yeah, he went to the place that paid him the most money, and then that's what – largely sports have become uh, as free agency has moved along. But but still, it's just Harper to the Phillies. It sounds sort of strange. I don't – what I think is the best about this whole situation is that he's already, like, getting himself into hot water by calling <laughs> for Mike Trout to come to Philadelphia. That's, you know – Yeah, tampering. <laughs> I guess players can't tamper. That's his point. But I don't think well, they Major questioned League Baseball – If LeBron was tampering yeah. for Anthony Davis, they questioned that. I don't think well, Major League the, Baseball – they have the same agent. There's the difference there. So so they could be orchestrating something behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, p- players have zero control over who's on, on the roster. I mean <laughs> – I don't know. You don't think they're going to – the Phillies are going to start listening to Bryce Harper? Well, what? The, what? Bryce Harper put them on this guy named Mike Trout and that he's a really good player <laughs> uh, who happens to be from this area. Hey, have you guys heard, hey, you of, heard this of this guy? guy? Right, Mike Trout. He's a really good player. Maybe we should think about signing There's him. There's a couple – yeah. <laughs> so, I mean – Players have the ownership doesn't have to listen to them. I right. mean, I mean, they could say whatever they want. Now, if an agent, well, is that's where it, Trout's from. So, right. I mean, and it's not a real reach for right. to think it, that Mike Trout is going to end up with the Phillies right. anyway, regardless right. of what Bryce and, Harper says. Right, exactly. And no one has to listen to Bryce Harper. It's not like ownership. Oh, sure, Bryce, whatever you say. <laughs> so, um, it's it's not. If it was an if it was an agent, a GM, an owner, it would be different because they actually have more control than a player would. But. It's it's ridiculous that people are suggesting this is tampering because yeah. Bryce Harper wants Mike Trout to join the team. So. Yeah. What do you guys think of the way that this contract unfolded, just the structure of it? I read it as as somebody who, I mean, people have questioned Bryce on both ends of the spectrum that he plays too hard and, and at other times that he gets lazy. A 13-year deal with no trade clause, no opt-out, basically no safety net for the Philadelphia Phillies almost reads to me like a license to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, right. right. That's a really good point. Because you'd, you'd, 
you'd think that in the day and age of what we see of going on in the NBA that he would have said, okay, after five years, I want out, I want to be able to get out of this. Right. But apparently he told his agent, no opt-outs. I want, <laughs> you know, so that's a really good way of looking at it, Alan. Yeah, I, 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 that's just the first thing that came to mind is that there, this guy essentially, if he gets frustrated, he just won't want to play. And there's mm-hmm. no repercussions. What are they going to do? Oh, but Bench the guy they play. But they he says, Alan, that he's in it for. He wants to go through all the ups and downs with the Nats, or with the with the Phillies. Look, I even slipped up there. I just said the Nats. <laughs> so he's like, he's in it for the long haul. So even if they obviously he is in it for the long haul. If they haw. have, if they <laughs> have him downs, thirty million dollars. Yeah, if they have ups, he'll probably be playing hard. And if they have downs, he will probably be slacking. And so, do we think that the Phillies are going to have a lot of ups in the near future? In the near future, like this year. Uh, two years. Yeah, I, I would say they're, years. they're they're on their way up right now. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, mean, I think they're I mean, a, pre- a surprisingly good team. They've been setting their team up with these young prospects. They they've been bad for for a while. I yeah. mean, in, in the last, they won the World Series in '08, and ever since then they've been pretty bad. But they've been setting themselves. I've already up. forgotten about that. They right. won it in '08. Uh, yeah, I mean they they haven't gone after the high priced veterans or, or, or free agents or anything. They've sort of been waiting for this moment to strike. And it, it, it's shocking to me that they could pay Jake Carrietta more than $30 million a season, Bryce Harper more than $30 million a season, and they could still go after Mike Trout, who's, right. who will be at least that. So, um, Yeah, it, it was almost like for a while there they learned the lesson on spending big on free agents after Ryan, right. after Howard. Ryan Howard, and now they're kind of just diving back in the last well, two years. A, a friend explained to me how – because I – said they're out on Trout now, not knowing more about it. They said there's no way they could pay two outfielders $600 million. But he explained they have some gigantic new TV deal taking effect that's going to net them like $100 million or more a season. So that so the money the money is there for them. I have no doubt that, any, that every MLB team, the money is there. I have no doubt that the money is there for every single MLB team. It's just whether or not they're, they're willing to spend they're, it. They, they, spend they it. want exactly. to spend it. Like Indians, like Indians fans, for example, have already resigned themselves to right. the fact that they're not going to be able to keep Francisco Lindor because, right. of, because of these contracts. He's because the ownership them. is just filled with morons. Right. Uh, so... Right, not all markets can support these contracts. They don't all have these gigantic TV deals and revenue streams. Philly, surprisingly, I mean, you don't think of it as one of the biggest cities in the country, but it is. I think it's in the top three uh, in the country. Um, I, I think the mission of this thing was, from the start was to set some sort of record. They accomplished that with the $330 million. It beats Stanton's $325 million. I think that was what Scott Boris wanted to do. So whatever it took to make that happen, whether it be adding on years or, or – um, or flexibility and the way the contract was structured they were they were just going to set some sort of record to sort of for everyone to save face coming out of this thing so did the phillies make the playoffs this year looking at that division can they do it it, it the, nationals, See, I, I the would, nationals are still going to be really good yeah and i was hot a great on, core and i was hot on the braves if they yeah. can get some pitching figured out but i think this I, I mean we talked about the free agents last week that still need to be signed i mean Bryce Harper's obviously a franchise changer, so this kind of changes the dynamic of the NL East. For I'm sure. a, I might do it here. I might go out. I might pick the Nats to do it to do it <laughs> right from the start, just like I did last year. 
I'm starting to, the more I read about them and I don't even like them. That's the thing about that. I just keep like getting convinced by what I read about the nationals, just looking at the core that they have and the youth and their pitch, pitching staff's ridiculous. They, it's, they, it's, it's really it's hard to not they, think they're going to be great. It's a really great, great blend of guys. Yeah. I mean, young talent and veterans. And they've spent money too. Unlike, right. unlike half of major league baseball, they've actually been big spenders this offseason, spending close to $200 million. Yeah. So the other thing with the Phillies locking with Harper for 13 years at big money is, like the guy gets hurt quite a bit. Like he and he's up and down with his, in terms of his production. Uh, his defense has been falling off steadily over the course of his young career. He's so another far, example so. of a guy who could, who has been affected by the shift. Like they've yeah. a lot of he's had a lot of hits. But it taken shouldn't. Away it should not have been that way because when he came up, he he was able to yeah. hit the ball to the opposite side of the field. But he doesn't for for whatever reason these guys who have the ability to do it just choose not to. I guess. What do you guys think of uh, and and. Let me just say before I even start here that I think the Washington Post sports staff is awesome. We run lots of their stuff. I think they're amazing. We've had Barry's for Lugo on. He's the best. We want to have Kilgore on. Too. We want to have Kilgore. Adam Kilgore yeah. on. But, geez, stop writing stories about Bryce Harper. I'm, it's, I know it's only – look, it's still only a week since the signing or less than a week, but they're, they're devoting so much copy and so much space to stories about Bryce Harper and how the fans are reacting to it and whether the Nats have really moved on from him and how are they going to move on from him and what's he doing with Mike – like, they're just, they just well, won't stop. Well, we'll get ready because, like, I think, like – the Phillies' second series of the season is, is, is in Washington. And, I know. And they're going to play each other it's like 16 times. If they're they're going to – I mean, he doesn't even play in Washington anymore, and they're just going like, to keep writing well, about Like him. in a month, Bryce Harper's going to be playing – will be mm-hmm. a visiting player at, at, at Nats Park. How would you like to be the new right fielder for the Washington Nationals? Yeah. Like you are in a no-win situation. Victor I think it's Robles? I think it's Robles. It's either it, Robles or, 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 or Adam or Eaton, yeah. one of those guys. Their outfield, that's a pretty sweet outfield they're going to have with Soto. It's Soto, Eaton, Robles, and Robles. Robles. Right, yeah. with, with with a great infield. Rendon, um, Trey Turner. Turner. Nats to the World Series. Right. Zimmerman. They, they, I'm calling it. There, there's no reason. Other, if they can get out of their own way ever, there, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the World Series. You know, I mean, you know something's going to happen. Like every single starter is going to be injured this year. Something, it's always injuries with them. Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. So, meanwhile, the Los Angeles Lakers have uh, completely fallen apart in the last week too. Even more so. I mean, they were heading in that direction, but but the train has really come off the tracks for sure in the last week. You have LeBron inbounding the ball off the back of the backboard. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and they're losing to everyone under the sun now. The Clippers, including the, the Suns. The, the, the Suns beat them over the weekend. Uh, the Clippers have beaten them. The Pelicans and the Grizzlies have beaten them recently. I think if we put an FNP team together, we might. <laughs> we have might. A shot. We might against that crew. Who would be on that team? Um, Do we have any height in this office? John Cannon, I, I think. Oh, John Cannon is tall. Tall. He played some. He played some JV. I, I, I think he could be a sneaky, sneaky good player. Um, I, I've been told Colin was pretty good. Colin's decent. Um, Steve Bonell plays pretty regularly. All right. And you guys have heard my basketball tryout story. If I could channel that glory. If, if again. Greg, Greg is if in the Greg zone, we'll win on his shoulders. Seventh man. grade. Right. Yeah, exactly. We won't even need anybody else. Right. <laughs> no doubt. So, Bill Cauley. But <laughs> in, in recent weeks, we've been asking if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. And we've both been saying, yeah, probably. But now that seems like. It, it's out. I mean, they, they're, what, they're not going to make the playoffs. There's pe- number of crunchers out there who have said they have like one tenth of a cha- percentage point chance at yeah. making the playoffs. I, or I think they're like more that. than. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> there is. That's what LeBron says. You know, they're, they're can't more, give up. They're more than five games out of the last spot in the West with a tough schedule coming up, uh, and there's only like 
18, 18 or games or something. 20, 20-something games to go. Uh, so they're not going to make the playoffs. The better question now is will they finish 500? Because no, th- they're trending in that direction quick. I right. Mean, they're, they're already in the – they could already max out in the 40s, and if they keep losing, they're not even going to finish 500. That's a good question. And another question is whether or not they're – are they going to sit down LeBron? Are they going to shut him down? Like he said, he's going to – I don't know. I'm going to have to have a talk with Luke about whether I should take some time off. What could, would that accomplish, could you, I well, Exactly. He he made this bed right. in, in a lot of ways. He needs to play. Every, he needs to he, play as many minutes as he's been playing. He was essentially trying to season. get every player on that team shipped to yeah. New Orleans. yeah. And now, as they have faltered down the stretch, he's just going to again oh, yeah. give up I'm on gonna, them. I think yeah. I need to take a rest now, finally, for the first time in my career, since we're not going to make the play. No. Film another HBO play. show. Yeah. And well, Luke Walton should just be like, you know what, LeBron? No. You're playing every night. You're playing the same amount of minutes. I'm going to get fired well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, right. So well, you're like playing. Luke, Luke Walton's coaching for his job. You're not sitting down no. somebody if you know like, if you know you don't make the playoffs, you're getting fired. Like The only chance Luke Walton has to save his job is if they make the playoffs and LeBron takes them to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> Like, should Luke Walton be fired though? Like, has he done a bad job? Like, the, with no. the with the hand he was dealt. Like, like who are you going to get to coach the Lakers? Like, who wants to jump into that mess if and, this and, whole, and coach that team? If this whole Anthony Davis snafu never happened, well, who knows? Maybe they would have surged and been in a better position to make the playoffs. In which case, he doesn't lose his job. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know because LeBron apparently doesn't like him, right? Who does he like? Right. <laughs> I mean, who, who's going to come in there that he'll be pleased with? Right. I, I don't think Luke Walton is some great coach, but this is not like on the it wasn't his on, doing on, on the blame scale. Like yeah. he's, he's he's pretty low. Uh, I, I think on the on the on the blame totem pole. Uh, Say they fire in, him. In who this whole mess? Who are they going to bring in there? Right. Phil Jackson is he right. coming out of retirement? Right. Oh, no, he's not even retired, is he? He's still is he still even. Hit, in charge of the Knicks, I don't even know how that. No, he's, he's something he, happened. He's he stepped retired, away. Yeah. yeah, but his girlfriend is, owns the Lakers. So it's Phil Jackson to the Lakers, right? <laughs> you heard it here first, right? Yeah, but but that's the question. Like, what, what what would that accomplish? And if you go back to last summer on this very podcast, when LeBron signed with the Lakers after they had failed to land um, Paul George, after they failed the trade for Kawhi Leonard, he still signed with the Lakers and. And you and I, Josh and Colin, were saying, "Well, like, what is he doing signing with the Lakers?" Like, we were all had these puzzled looks on our faces. Like, why is he joining this roster with without an All Star? It's a very young roster, guys. He's not going to relate to very well. Vets he doesn't respect, or, or guys that are too young to to earn his. Uh, he he just doesn't connect with the, with these yeah. young kids. So it's like, what was he doing signing with the Lakers to begin with? And now that that's played out exactly how some people thought it might. And it's been a total disaster. Do we think they get a free agent this summer He's, or two? Like, even if they get Anthony Davis, that's what I've been saying. Like, what does he do? What, what, what does he like? How good are they? Plus, they're still going to have to give up some of that young talent to get him, no? Because yeah. still they're still going to need to trade for him. Right. Unless unless they want to wait another year and then hope, hope he signs. And now the offer has to be better because Boston's in. And yeah, Boston has made no secret that they would like to. But here's a question I've heard more of: like, if you're Anthony Davis, like, why would you want to go to the Lakers? Like, like what is like LeBron's in the last probably two or three really good years of his career has a Hollywood life, like he's he d- getting into movies and stuff like that. And Anthony Davis doesn't seem like an L.A. type of guy, no, not at all. Right? It seems it seems like Rich Paul, his agent, want, wants him to be a Laker more than. And who's also LeBron's age, and he wants them to be a Laker more than Anthony Davis really wants to be a Laker. Like if you're, like Anthony Davis wants to win basketball games. I think that's what he's most interested in. I don't think he cares about all the L.A. 
and movies and all that side stuff. So, so who, who is that the best choice for him to go to the right. Lakers? I, and you guys are maybe more versed on this than I am in terms of reading up on it. But who else is really sort of like in a potential suitor for that trade? Like, uh, where the Celt- else the Celtics could he have, go? The Celtics have a ton of stuff. They don't want to give up Jason Tatum necessarily. Mm, uh, they're going to have to. And, and, and maybe that's what it would take to get Anthony Davis. I'm not sure I would give up Jason Tatum. I don't think uh, I would either. He might be one of the only guys Davis. I don't give up. Right. But hasn't he had sort of a down year compared to where they thought he'd be? He hasn't He hasn't taken yeah, a step up. Not really, but but he's still a really good player. So that's he what is. I was going to say. I would bet money right now that the Celtics win the Eastern Conference. As dysfunctional as they seem is – Sort of out of. Are we doing our NBA NBA Finals picks here now? So the Celtics, uh, our weekly NBA Finals yeah. segment. I am saying the Celtics are are, are right. winning are winning the East. All their issues will disappear once the pressure of you have to win this game to keep your season alive is real. So they played pretty loose last night. Apparently, right. I mean, we were saying this for the last two years. We were screaming about the Cavs. They're done. How could they make this work? Way too much drama. And yet they were in the finals both years and just couldn't beat Golden State. Like. And, and no one was going to beat Golden State in the last two years. So Boston, to me, is the team to beat, um, despite all of their drama and dysfunction. And, and um, they're my pick to go to the finals. So Against the Warriors. Against the Warriors. Yeah. All right. The, Celt- the Celtics beat the Warriors by 33 points last night, yeah. uh, uh, by the way. So that was a sort of a, uh eye-opening result uh, there. So... Greg, one of your buttons is unbuttoned there, dude. Are you trying it, to yeah, show, I'm trying to show off, show here, off a little let me, let me the abdominals? Let me, let me fix you? my uh, – I'm busting out of my shirt here. He is. Are you, are you making picks? For the fun uh, – no, I'm not making picks. We yeah, used no, to do no, that. I, we I, I, I just threw it out there. I would bet money that the Celtics – I think the yeah, Celtics but, are the best team when they when they want to be, and I think, yeah. I, think they'll be, I think they'll be in the final. Did you have, do you have a prediction? My, my pick no. is the Warriors will win it all. That's all. That's all. So. Going out on a limb, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was real original. Do you have a pick It's a hot take. Uh – I hadn't thought much about it, but I guess just to be different, I would I would pick the Sixers. I enjoy watching them play. Okay, I like that. I think they have a pretty well rounded team. I right. like it. But the but the Lake- but they but they would lose to the Warriors. I it would be the Sixers and the Warriors, and the Warriors would win. <laughs> Didn't they play just the other night too? They did in Golden State. Golden State either. edged them with, uh, with, with, like without, five points with, or without something. Clay Thompson. Correct. Uh, yeah, that was so. he was out. That's right. Um. So, but no one. I think when people looked at LeBron and the Lakers and we were saying, what's he doing? I think we were thinking more along the lines of, okay, they'll make the playoffs, but they won't really do anything. But like missing the playoffs entirely. Yeah, that, this that. has gone worse than imagined. Yeah, and this is, and he is set up to really uh, end his career on a real downer, it looks yeah. like. Uh, so right. A lot needs, it's, too exactly. much needs to happen. Can he even stay healthy? At his like, age. He was already hurt for an extended period this year. He's only getting older, and he's played more minutes, just given the fact that he never played in college. He's played more minutes than just about anyone in league history. So, and I think we went around when Colin was still on the show and said, "How many more titles will LeBron win in his career?" And I, I, I think th- we, I said zero. I think we said a lot of us said zero. I can't remember how we how it went, but now the question is, will he ever be back to the finals? I really think that's the legit question. Yeah, or will he be able to lead the Tune Squad? Against the Monstars, <laughs> that will, he'll, get, he'll get to the finals in the next movie he makes uh, probably. Like he'll, he'll make like Space Jam Four or whatever. I don't think R. Kelly is going to be uh, writing a theme song for that for that movie. Space he, pro- Jam. He, he probably will not. So, but um, maybe from his jail cell. I'm not sure. Maybe he'll pen a. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that, that's the thing with the Lakers that they haven't been able to land any of these guys over, over the last like five to ten years. Like all these guys have sort of 
taking a hard pass on on playing for the Lakers. It's you like, hear the crowd the other night was chanting, "We want Kobe." <laughs> yeah, they, they they were booing. They were booing LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you imagine if you're a Lakers fan booing LeBron James? You you were probably going wild and crazy when when he signed with your team, and now you're booing him because they're they're having a tough stretch here. So. Um, right. Are we done with LeBron? Yeah, we're done with LeBron. Okay. Um, the NFL Combine uh, took place uh, this past week, and it, it's funny how narratives change with a, with a forty time or um, or something like that. All of those people are on the boat, Greg. Well, That's right. right. The narrative shouldn't have been able to change. All right. But Kyler Murray, who everyone thought was going to measure in somewhere between like five eight and five ten. <laughs> And people were saying, is he a first-round quarterback? And we were all saying yes, f- f- for the record, like top 10 quarterback. Easily, yeah. But but now he measured at like 5'10 and an eighth or something, just over 5'10. <laughs> and now he's like oh, the con- – that's fine. And, and now yeah. he's like the consensus number one pick in the draft. Like he's the guy the Cardinals are taking all of a sudden at number one, which, which might be the right decision. But it's just funny, like, is this guy a first-round quarterback? And now everyone thinks he's the number one pick in the draft. This is not surprising in the, in the least – with the way the things are going in, the, in that league and the way things are changing in that league, it's not surprising at all. I could see this coming a mile away before um, – well, right when he, you know, d- devoted his himself fully to football, you could see this coming. I mean, it, it's – I mean, all you got to do is watch the kid play. He can. He's an awesome football player, and he's a quarterback, and that is a quarterback league. It's just it's makes he's going to go number one. It's it's yeah. The only thing stopping it right now. I mean, even last year as Kingsbury, uh, who's coaching the Cardinals now, was was at Texas Tech. He said I would pick him number one in the draft. Well, now he's got the chance to do it, and the only thing standing in their way is moving, moving a rookie rather. a rookie quarterback contract yeah. who who Which, he didn't draft and he right. was and he wasn't drafted to like preside over some like number one defensive lineman or something like that right it all it takes is one team who thinks josh rosen could be a franchise guy and they want to invest a little a little bit of money in the quarterback yeah what have you guys um thought about the commentary that rosen should he have been what would he have stayed another year he'd be like the consensus number one quarterback in this draft Uh, what what is your take on that i've heard that most teams would grade him higher than even kyler murray so just because of his, I'm sure his size. Like Murray has all the talent and attributes that you want, but but he's small, so that might be the big knock. That is the big knock against yeah. him. So where's he? Where's Rosen going? Well, the Giants need a quarterback. Uh, the Jaguars need a quarterback. Although they're linked to Nick Foles, that or they've like been linked to happen. Nick Foles. Yeah. The Redskins, baby. I I think that's the best fit. The Redskins. Yeah. With Alex Smith, don't know if or when he will ever come back. You do know he has a lot of experience tutoring young quarterbacks to get better in that what he did with Colin Kaepernick and what he did with Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Unfortunately, he lost his job both times by teaching them, so he may not want to teach Josh Rosen. (laughs) Alex Smith is doing just fine. I know he has a really bad broken leg, but I'm not going to feel sorry for him. (laughs) But he has – yeah, so they have a ton of money locked up in a position that they can't – that can't be on the field – so bringing in a, a smaller rookie contract Absolutely. for a guy you can develop makes a lot and of plus sense. And plus they also they still have Colt McCoy. So he could he could be the you know the caretaker for a little while until you know Rosen gets in there and figures out the playbook and right. they want to turn it over to him and which would happen. The Redskins are rumored to be front runners in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes. So can you imagine oh, that would be so awesome. Can you imagine adding Washington. Antonio Brown uh, to that mix? So what an accelerant he is. Like that place would 
I don't know. He, he's he's gonna he would ruin Washington even more than it's <laughs> already ruined. <laughs> it would be another, like another classic like Albert Haynesworth, yeah, yeah. Or, or something like that. Because you know you know they trade for him, then they'd automatically sign him to some like some crazy wackadoo co- contract for like you know eight years uh, guaranteed money or uh, something like right. that. A, th- a thirty a thirty and over receiver <laughs> yeah. who will probably be on his way down uh, from this point yeah. going forward in terms of production. So. Um, there's a hilarious picture I shared with you, Josh, on Instagram of uh, this walrus with this blonde mustache and Antonio Brown and his blonde mustache. Yeah. And then there was actually a, a striking uh, re- did, resemblance there between the did two. Did any of you guys watch? I saw clips of that ESPN interview. Did you guys watch any of it? The I part? did not. Man, did you watch any of it, Alan? I just saw like maybe a four-minute clip of it. He is really hard to take. Like He is a really hard guy to like. And he just came so off. It sounds like, perfect for the Redskins. He came man. off like such a, such a jerk. And wherever is this, he's going, is this the one with LeBron? No, not that one. Uh-oh. This was the one he did just with ESPN. I can't remember who it was that actually interviewed him for ESPN. But, ooh, man, wherever he goes, it's he's gonna he's he, gonna he sounds cause like a perfect, problems. He sounds like a perfect Dan Snyder signing uh, for the Redskins if, yeah. if, if that's how he actually uh, how he actually uh, is and is acting right now. So. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out at the combine is some of these defensive linemen posted yeah. ridiculous forty times. But like, does it matter? Like, like, like the human like species is getting very evolving, scary. Evolving very quickly. It is getting very scary how fast yeah. these gigantic people can. Yeah, move. well, like the NBA has basically become positionless, and people were suggesting. I <laughs> I heard some just mm-hmm. uh, innocuous comment that like the NFL might. The way things are trending, they it might be a positionless uh, sport. I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're outside, far off from outside, that. outside a quarterback. I remember so. years ago when Usain Bolt blew onto the scene at the Olympics and was and broke the the world record in the one hundred and the two hundred. Everybody was making all this noise about how Usain Bolt was going to change like the face of sprinting forever. And I was and I remember writing like a column about. It. I was like, for, look, people, this he is a freak. We aren't going to suddenly see six foot five inch people running this fast. I think I'm wrong. Like I think, <laughs> I think like th- that's we're going to see that again. Oh. I don't know if it'll, it'll be another Usain Bolt, but well, Mont- I was de- I think I was dead wrong. Montez Sweat at 260 pounds and r- six foot five ish yeah. ran a four four two forty. <laughs> he ran a faster combine time than Odell Beckham yeah. and yeah. and Antonio Brown. I mean, can you imagine it? I mean, Josh, you were a sprinter at 260 pounds running no. 4 4 2. Can you imagine and getting in front it, of a guy running that just, fast? It's that big. For a lot of these guys, it's not just like, oh, they, they like got off the block real. Like, they're not tracks. Like, these guys aren't just guys who trained in track run. Like, these guys yeah. move and take up ground so fast. It's not it's, necessarily like they train to run, a, to run this exactly. one sprint. This is just how they move. Yeah, it is. It's getting a little scary. Yeah, it's like what, it, kind of ju- what kind of juice are they drinking? Almost <laughs> exactly. Well, all you gotta do is look at this guy DK Metcalf or whatever his name is. There's no way that guy's all natural. Like there, he, oh, something's yeah, he, going on there, right? And I did. I did read something recently that debunked his 1.6 percent body. I don't. Fat, th- which is I don't impossible. think you can live on yeah. that. Yeah, I, I mean, it said, it, said it mentioned yeah, the some body would be tests. devouring muscle if, yeah. if your body fat was that low. So that's ludicrous. But looking at him, he there something's going on there. I I don't want. I hate to say that, but that's just not normal. Have you guys seen Mike Bibby, the former NBA player? Recently, he's like totally shredded. That, isn't that, he? that guy is like jacked to the gills now. He looks like a 
he looks like a bodybuilder. Yeah. And he he like like it's almost comical to look at a picture of him now just at how jacked he is. It's 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 ridiculous. So Yeah, there are some freaks out there for sure. Yeah. Uh headlines um uh Antonio Brown likely to be traded by Friday. Um, Who's saying that though? Yeah, sources are saying Where's that. Where's that coming Josh? from? Sources. His agent, his agent's saying it. I mean, I don't uh, know. Oh, did you guys see the sources who said Kyler Murray's study habits are bad? Yes, Charlie Casserly came out and ripped yeah. him, apparently. Well, did you see that, Greg? I did, he, I, I did not. Casserly went on somebody's podcast or several made several appearances, and based off of the interviews he did at the Combine and the coaches and stuff that he talked to who met with Kyler Murray, they all said that they were – underwhelmed by his personality and his study, study habits, habits and work ethic and work ethic yeah and yeah. i can see the personality he seems like a very quiet kid and didn't handle himself he handled himself poorly in those the, interviews the super bowl week the interesting thing with that though is you would expect after something like that for someone to come to his defense Cliff Kingsbury and probably? maybe they not, not and maybe they have who Lincoln, is this? Lincoln, Lincoln, Riley, Lincoln, Riley, Lincoln Riley sorry and maybe they have i haven't seen it yet yeah, and that's curious. Yeah, I but think also, Lincoln Riley is has gone on shows and already de- debunked that or whatever. No, but you can't you can't be an idiot and play high level college quarterback. So he, he's not, probably yeah, he, especially not in that offense. Yeah, he's he's smart enough to be an NFL quarterback. I'm I'm pretty confident of that. So I mean, he's not doing algebra out there or anything like that. You also so. don't get to become a professional in two sports by having a bad work <laughs> bad work ethic. <laughs> I don't think it's all just natural <laughs> skills, uh, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Good so point. Everyone's talking at these things, and then someone hears something, and, they, and then they they run with it. So I, I he doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to play quarterback in the NFL. So I just keep saying, like, watch him play. He is an awesome player. Hence, he will be an awesome player in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like just, Deshaun Watson. There were concerns about him, and I think all of us were saying, "Why isn't he the number one?" Everybody why, 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 why he should the, be number one. Why aren't the Browns drafting him number one overall? So, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and then ridiculous. he goes to the Texans, and shockingly, the Texans a, like him. He's and he's a shockingly <laughs> he's, very good player. He's awesome at football. Right. Uh, other headline that came across today: Boston Red Sox knuckleballer Stephen Wright suspended 80 games for Ooh. PEDs. So not a guy that's throwing gas. Uh, Why in the hell would he uh, be doing PEDs? A, knuckle, a knuckleballer th- uh, suspended for PEDs. That's weird. And uh, also over the weekend, uh, Alan, Alan, I know you saw this. Uh, John Jones uh, uh, had a title defense, uh, successful title defense. Yep. Um, what were your thoughts on on that fight? I well, I was actually really excited about the whole card. Uh, the Cody Garbrandt comeback I was really interested in. He got knocked out in the first round. Don't know what's going on with him. Um, the Ben Askren made his debut. Ooh, there's some controversy there. That was there. so much fun. Yeah, he got destroyed early in the fight. And Robbie against Robbie Lawler. Against Robbie Lawler and, and came back and put him in a bulldog chokehold. And uh, it looked like Robbie Lawler had gone unconscious. And the referee stopped the fight. And Robbie Lawler jumped up and was saying that he wasn't out. That he hadn't been choked yeah. out. And he handled that really well. He did. He did. I, I was impressed by that. And I'm kind of sad Ben Askren has has not been like, let's run it back. That's exactly he, what should happen. He's yes. been he's been avoided. He's kind of avoided it and saying, I want to move on to other people. It's so funny to watch some of these. I, and I've watched that sport for years. It's so funny to watch some of these guys and a guy like Ben. <laughs> you see this guy Ben Askren come in. This he looks goofball. like a total schlub. <laughs> he looks like some total dork. How are you good at this? Yeah. And then he's fighting this guy named Robbie Lawler, ruthless Robbie Lawler, who's totally <laughs> shredded with a bald head and just menacing as can be, and like one of the baddest dudes on the planet. 
And this dorky looking guy, Ben Askren beats this, him. Yeah, this dorky guy who who like specializes in, in like choking you out yeah. or putting you in submissions. Which is you know, it works. And Ben Askren leaves the flight or leaves the fight a but like a bloody mess. You would have never guessed he was the winner of that fight. MMA is so weird. It is. Uh, and then That's the, what's so great about it. I was, did, did Jones perform as expected? Or was, was yeah, it? I think I you know Anthony Smith uh, was a huge underdog. He probably didn't fight. belong in there. Probably didn't belong in that fight. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well. He had absolutely no offense, but he did a good job of like not getting killed. Uh, okay, well, that was my question. You watched it. I didn't. I was following it on Twitter. Uh, should Jones have finished him off? What, should he have been able to finish him off? Um, or was Smith just doing a good enough job at staying away from? Yeah, Smith really stayed. Smith did a good job closing distance or getting away or, or or making distance. So he was never really in John Jones kind of well, striking. Didn't point. okay, but Jones like, Jones is really dangerous when he takes people down because of his elbows specifically. Yeah. And he had a strike. He had an illegal strike, and they deducted two points. Right, that was a knee, and that was third round. Is that right? I think uh, it was the third, third round, or fourth. Yeah. My question was not having watched it. Could he have taken him down again and finished that fight and put it, you know what I mean, put um, a little more of an exclamation point on this title defense? I guess he I, he he maybe could have, but he was kind of uh he looked a little confused and that he didn't know what to do in that sense and Anthony Smith was getting back up, okay. but he hadn't gotten back up yet. Right. So I think Jones was trying to finish the fight with a knee. With okay. Um but and, but you were you surprised that he couldn't t- he didn't take him down again after that? Uh, I mean, maybe. Um, I thought I actually thought Anthony Smith did a good job, okay. especially when he was against the cage and not getting taken okay. down. He would stand up against the cage, and John Jones mostly did this kind of like jumping shoulder to the yeah. Chin, I was reading about that thing, which was odd, but he does yeah, some that's weird kind of what stuff. He was relying on. He is the strangest striker. I think that's yeah. what makes him so interesting. So I agree. Good. I saw him fight in Baltimore. Remember when they had a card there several years ago, and he fought Glover Teixeira, and. I remember he went and went the distance, and I remember being kind of disappointed that it went five and he didn't finish him because he was clearly superior, just like yeah. this case. And after the fight, I went to the press conference and just you know listened to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I was in there. I wanted to try some stuff." He's like, "I wanted to," you know, he was throwing elbows like punches, yeah. and he's like, "I just wanted to see if I could do that in an actual fight." I'm like, "What in the who who in the hell else could do that? Like yeah. this guy is that good that he's just sort of like testing things in right. championship fights." Right. <laughs> and I I did want to mention just uh. I thought it was really impressive that when he was struck in the head, could have won the fight, could have been the, yeah. the light heavyweight he, champion of the UFC, said he wanted to keep fighting Anthony Smith. I thought that was really cool. And then afterwards he said it was because I wanted to win the fight. I wanted to win the belt. I didn't want to steal the belt. And and that's I thought that was really cool. And that is the you know, the, the saying. It's like you gotta take the belt from the champion. Right. You know, he's not gonna and the judges aren't gonna give it to you either. So I, I agree with you. He made that was the right move. That's that's sport sportsmanship there. So my question and I'll channel our man uh our TV reporter friend Stu from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> what's next for uh, what's, what's next, next for, for John? John Jones? Jones? Are we waiting for another uh, uh, screw up in his personal life? Uh, sure, uh, <laughs> it's always in the cards. <laughs> I mean, there's he's already he still has metabolites in his system of steroids, so you know he's just got to take the wrong supplement. Is, is he going to go off the rails again? Uh, I've heard Brock Lesnar being mentioned as a possible opponent. Sure, like like would Brock Lesnar. Would, would Brock Lesnar have any chance to beat John Jones? I, I, I say no. Uh, it would be at heavyweight. Um, Jones is a, too good a striker and too quick for Lesnar, I, I would Brock say. Brock Lesnar is not going to beat John Jones. Right? I don't think so either. And he's I mean, got a, Brock, he's got Brock's a bad chance. Brock's only chance 
and he would have to stay out of getting punched trying to do this would be to take, take Jones down. down and just ride out the fight because Which he's he can do. Yeah, he would be considerably larger. Jones, but he would have to do that five times. Yeah, what would Jones be? What would Jones weigh in such a scenario? Two twenty-five. You think he could get up to two twenty-five? Yeah. Because he cuts to 205. Yeah. I, I just and then Lesnar would be at the max, probably a 265. I don't know, man. If he takes him down, the fights, that's that could get ugly. But I, I just think Jones' striking ability is way too good for Brock Lesnar uh, yeah. in, in that yeah. sort of fight. And Lesnar yeah. does have a bad – he's got a weak chin. I mean, it's it's that's been exposed over the years. I did see one thing today I thought was interesting. Anthony Rumble Johnson coming out of retirement. Wow. They've never fought. Yeah. I know Rumble fought Cormier, right? I'm not. Yeah, he, they he did, did. They did, and, and Dan beat him. Yeah, um, that's a better s- style matchup. That would be more fun for as a fan than watching him fight Cormier I think so again. Too. So I, I'd be I'd be all for that. I honestly I think I would. He's talked for years about how he wants to fight at heavyweight. I'd like to see him. You know, Dana let Anderson Silva fight at 205 a couple of times. Like he would just right. be like, okay, um, we'll throw you on this card on. When they when like Spike TV still had rights to broadcasting, he'd throw Anderson Silva on like the co-main event at two oh five, and he would do some crazy stuff. And it was unbelievable. I saw him fight at two oh five. I saw him fight Forrest uh, Griffin at uh, UFC one oh two or whatever in Philadelphia, and put on this incredible display. Right. Um, so yeah, put, send Jones up and let him fight a three a three rounder or something at heavyweight. I think that would be fun to watch. All right, who are we throwing on the boat this week? Uh, who who's got one a, a good one? R. Kelly. Oh yeah, that interview last no night. No brainer. I uh, man, he he tried his best to get people to feel some sympathy <laughs> for did. him. He was up um, jumping around. R. Screaming. Kelly, I do not feel any sympathy for you. Um, so you're going on the boat. Nice, Greg. Who you got? I'm throwing Lakers fans on the boat for booing LeBron. Yes, the season's not going according to plan. Um, yes, you would like the team to be a little bit better, but this is not like totally unexpected. Jack Nicholson going on the boat. Did he boo him? I wonder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> throw Jack and uh, throw Denzel Washington. Denzel. And throw, uh, they probably weren't booing LeBron. Luke Luke Walton was booing him, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's like, okay, like, why are you booing LeBron? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, after the career he's had, so it's just a it's just a lame move. So so for booing LeBron, you you get your ticket punched uh, on our luxury cruise liner. <laughs> All so. right. I'm gonna throw Jose Canseco on the boat. Oh yes, this is what good. did he do? This is oh, he didn't really I do anything. It. It's just he's probably long overdue for being on the boat, just because that's he's fair. Jose Canseco. No, no, no. He's advising. But he, he's that's what I was gonna mention. For Tim Tebow. Yeah. Now. So I saw a tweet the other day where he tweeted at Tim Tebow that he noticed something in his swing and he wanted to help him out, like free, free of charge. And I was just thinking of how unbelievably awesome that scene would be hey, Tim, if please Jose Canseco <laughs> got together with Tim Tebow, that's who like was a, like essentially like a, like a saint special. Yeah, he, he, I mean, hey Tim, please join me in this bathroom stall. I want, yeah. to, show, I want, I want to show hey, you something. Check out this syringe over here. <laughs> you ever seen one of these, buddy? This, this is the cure to all that ails right. you. Right? Yeah, well, why don't you try some of this? God made so. this, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just imagine those two together. Just to be, just to, I would just love to see that happen. But anyway, Jose Canseco, you know, obviously has done many questionable, stupid things, and <laughs> probably should be should have been a charter member of. Uh, yeah, he's long the group overdue. On our, on our boat. He's long overdue. What about Ra- Palmero's not Rafael Palmero's not Ooh, on the yeah, boat yet. Well, he, but he wait, wait to. till baseball season, and he's, he's still, still, still playing. Play. Yeah. He's, still, he's still trying to play. So he'll, his it, kids on the keys, and he's still trying right. to make it. His, his time will come. He'll be thrown on the boat eventually. Yeah. So, uh, what you guys got for a scene or to be seen? Um, 
Uh, today, I just watched, uh, finally saw the Andre the Giant documentary. I haven't I've, seen oh, wow. that yet. I've heard good things about that. So I was impressed with it. I don't know if it's gotten like terrific reviews or anything. but The HBO um, one? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, some takeaways from that were uh, just how you don't think about this um, when you think about him. And, and that is he... He didn't have a. He didn't really have a chance to have a life because right. of how large he was, and that was my big takeaway. In addition to some other things, was that this guy could not really go anywhere because he was such a such a massive human being that everybody just gravitated towards him. Even if you didn't know who he was and you saw him, you would probably still want to go up to him and be like, "Who in the heck is this guy? That's you know this this giant." Um, so I felt bad, obviously, um, for 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 him having to go through some of that. And then, you know, people probably poked fun at him and stuff like that because he was so big. And um, I think he, he had a hard time dealing with that. And late in his career, I guess, you know, McMahon had him turn heel because he wanted him to fight Hogan or wrestle Hogan. And um, he was a heel there at the end of his career, which kind of sucks because he didn't want to be. Fans but, are booing you. Yeah. Right. And um, he was this beloved figure, and he really was the biggest star in the sports history up until Ho- Hogan came along, and they Hogan you know, Hulkamania took over, and then running wild, the brother. poor guy, the poor guy, had to finish his career out, you know, losing to to the Hulkster, and then being a heel for the last couple of years of his career. So, and then he died just shortly after he, he retired, essentially. Um, so just this kind of a sad, it was a sad story. It was kind of, it was eye opening and sad at the same time. And, and on a uh, related note, when it comes to wrestling, like King Kong Bundy, just, 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 that, just that was going to be my uh, two be scene or my, uh, my scene was go, the, go ahead, Alan. Yeah. They, you mentioned him dying early. This is kind of a, yeah. Wrestling is a hard, hard industry because we see so many people die. And, and just only, yesterday we saw King Kong, King Kong Bundy. He's 61. 61. Right. Uh, a lot of it has to do with size. A lot of it probably has to do with steroids that they were taking they just don't take care of themselves a lot of it was the drinking and the drugs and things like that so well Andre the giant had a he had a uh you know underlying health issue that caused him become to become as large as he was and he essentially like refused a lot of medical treatment he could have had some surgeries that maybe could have prolonged his life and apparently he just he he said no um and i think he and the the story was that he sort of knew that he wasn't going to live long and he was okay with that almost it was my favorite part of that documentary was that little town in france where he was from yeah that place looked so peaceful and it looked like uh like one of the places where a guy that size could just kind of get away and that's what you know he ended up living in a sm- very small town in north carolina i can't remember the name of oh of yeah because it reminded him of because home. it reminded that's him right. of, of his 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 country home and in, in france and it, there was a language barrier with him and yeah, yeah. He, he just had a really tough life yeah so it's worth anybody's time though if they're interested in that in that uh that sport at all and, and i actually once wrote a story about king kong bundy for yeah. this for this newspaper he, he, he appeared at a keys game and i interviewed him and and and, and it wasn't really a sports story it probably shouldn't have belonged in our section yeah, it was in the middle of the summer man i was looking <laughs> i was looking for anything but we in the frederick news post sports section we had a big picture of king kong bundy and i think hulk hogan wrestling and, and and i wrote a little feature on on king kong bundy appearing at the keys game super super nice guy I fun mean, story he came to the armory in frederick once and wrestled a show and nice. i got a picture with him and his one hand is wrapped around my entire six-year-old God, that's neck. awesome 
Uh, how many how many kids did he do? And he that autographed for, it. You know, yeah. I, I, everybody who That's was there. Funny. I mean, it was one of those small shows. Probably like 150 people there. Yeah, Greg. What were your kids. thoughts? You talked to him, and I remember you uh, telling me about your conversation with him. Uh, a little just bit. A, just a really thoughtful, nice guy. I mean, and he didn't put he didn't take crap from anyone too. You could tell he was really like blunt, straightforward, to the point. Um, just an honest guy. Like if you asked him for your for his opinion, he he he'd give it to you. So yeah, sad to see him go. He he was built on Wikipedia 458. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he was that. I don't think he was that heavy. Well, they inflate well, four, all of that right, stuff. But four fifty-eight. That's like, that's like yeah. hard to think about. Like someone weighing, <laughs> weigh, weighing that much, like, especially for a guy that wasn't that tall. I mean, right, he wasn't a tall guy. Right, he was six something, six two, six three. But he was. I don't think he was four fifty-eight. Man, he had some guts to go out there weighing that and wearing one of those onesies right. too. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get to my uh, pardon the interruption story, I, I I have an I have a couple things for scene or to be seen. One of my uh, scene items was Josh's column on uh, his trip to <laughs> his trip to Disney World, which which had me uh, <laughs> I, I was crying reading it because I because I was laughing so hard. So that's good to hear. Uh, it, it was really well done. So it transported me to a magical place as <laughs> I was reading it. So. Um, so excellent job on on Thank your you. Disney World column. Check it out. Uh, it appears what once a month. Uh, yeah, uh, real real dads wear yoga pants. Yeah, uh, it's in column. the real life section uh, at the end of each month. Check out Alan's Sunday. column every week in seventy two hours. As I was saying, um, that's always worth a read too. Um, but yesterday, uh, thanks to my uh, one of our most loyal listeners, my my brother Brian, um, through his job at Under Armour, uh, I had a connection. Uh, with Mike Wilbon, uh, since he's done some work for Under Armour, and, and, and my brother reps Northwestern for Under Armour. Wilbon's a famous Northwestern grad and fan and stuff. So, so my brother was invited to a taping of Pardon the Interruption in, in Washington yesterday, and he said, "Hey, uh, I, I uh, can bring someone with me. Are you interested in going?" And I said, "Sure, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go down and just check it out." So, yesterday afternoon. Uh, uh, around four o'clock, we we got to the studio in downtown Washington, and and we were shown in, and and they gave us a little tour, which was neat to see sort of their production studio and their control room and sort of how they run everything. And then uh, the the they took us down to the studio, and, and we just sat in the studio. And Tony Kornheiser came in, Mike Wilbon eventually came in, and they just sat down and 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 they they did their show i mean it's a pretty small minimal crew uh, and it's just impressive to watch and 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 my takeaway from it is just how easy all of those tv guys make talking into a microphone look i mean they don't stumble they don't repeat sort themselves sort of like you greg that <laughs> no, no, i wish i was as good as some of these guys but they don't repeat themselves they don't stumble they they the, the light comes on and and bam they just do their show and talk and and, yeah. they, and they're thoughtful and really good at it did so. you get any sense of how much prep they do and how long that takes they're, they're, they're writing they're writing pretty much i, I think Kornheiser shows up the, the show tapes uh between it starts between 4 30 and 4 45 and then they're done usually about five 5:15 or 5:30. The show airs at 5:30 on mm-hmm. ESPN or ESPN two, one 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 of the main uh, ESPN networks. Uh, but but uh, it was it was mentioned to us that they're pretty much writing and rewriting um, uh, throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wil- Wilbon I think shows up at three o'clock. He's usually a little later getting there than Tony. But um, it, they they have a teleprompter and and they and they read off the teleprompter. But then when they actually dive into the subject, sort of like we do, they're just talking and they're just talking off the but they're on a timer head that's right that's the thing right and, and it, it's time millions of people are watching them there's bright lights the, like, there's a lot to distract you and, and they're just so good at 
doing their jobs. That that was really my takeaway. Like they've Very been doing cool. it a long Very time. Cool. They've been yeah. doing it a long time, obviously. So they've had a lot of practice. But it's just it's impressive to see like how smooth they are at, at doing their jobs. Then the pi- so. they're pioneered this this whole wave of what we see yeah. now on all these sports networks with um you know uh, and they're former they're sports probably the best at it. They really are, I right. think. And, and they're both really nice guys, too. Kornheiser has sort of this curmudgeonly... Is Kornheiser really a nice guy? Well, he's got the reputation of being like a grouch, yeah. a curmudgeon. I haven't um, heard he's a really nice he, guy. He's a, he's a grouch from what yeah. my experience when I was okay. in college. Oh, really? Uh, not a, not an oh, outward I'm, jerk I'm, to people, but kind of grouchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah well, he, he'll admit that. He's, he's not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy, but, it, but he was very personable yesterday. That's good. Uh, uh, Chatting with him, Wilbon was great too. So it was it's a really cool experience. So my thanks to uh, our uh, most loyal listener, my brother Brian, and, uh, and and the folks down at PTI for yeah. for, for a great time. Sad, that's a great show. So, Sadly, yeah. I don't get a chance to watch it because I'm always you know in the mix of doing yeah. my job. But uh, Wilbon, I remember when that show first started. I was covering the University of Maryland basketball team, and he was always down there because he worked for the Post then, and he would you know show up at games occasionally, the big games, and do columns. Um, and I remember how just how nice he, he was, just yeah. the greatest, very, like, very personable, yeah. ap- approachable. Yeah. Um, and I remember telling, congratulating him on the show and shaking his hand, and he was like very, you know, sincere and, and yeah. saying thank you. And um, he's the best. Like he, he's when he was writing on Deadline, man, just unbelievable. I'd be at these games and I'd watch the games and I'd try to scrap, scramble and write these crappy game stories and uh, these of uh, these night games in the ACC and. My stuff was, you know, it was all right. But then I would pick up the Washington Post the next day and see what he did, what he turned around, like a column he turned around yeah. in on 45 Dave minutes. Dave and Dave I'm Dave like, Dave. how yeah. the hell is that possible? So right. such a smart guy. Yeah, I met uh, David Aldridge uh, at a Wizards game recently. Yeah. And he, was, he was a really nice guy, too. Like Good. Some of these guys you think of are jerks or TV guys. They think they're bigger than everyone else. But a lot of them are nice and, and yeah, uh, they're always willing to help out uh, even, even little guys like us. Right. So. All right, Alan, I know you have to go. Uh, I I think we've uh, hit everything. So uh, we will see you next week back here on Just Another Sports Podcast.